Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack had you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Back in on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts, especially inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You follow the show there. You'll get it as soon as it's ready. Several times a week, especially down the stretch. We're beyond the trade deadline now. And the Pens, in a weird part of the schedule, they're coming off the Southern Road Trip. Nashville, Tampa, Florida, they get two out of three there. They had won four in a row before the loss in Florida. And now a spot in the schedule where they've got a five-game five game homestand that wraps up with the Rangers and starts its own week of chaos, three against the Rangers, but starts with the Columbus Blue Jackets, a team the Pens haven't seen in a while and here to talk about the Jackets, Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Aaron, thanks for taking a couple of minutes. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Chris. Good to be with you. Good to have you. Um, what's happened? Like, if you had to give a primer to uh, the average everyday Penguins fan who maybe only pays attention to whatever the upcoming opponent is, and they look up and they say, okay, I got my tickets. I'm getting ready to go down to the rink on Tuesday night. They're playing the Jackets. Okay, yeah, the Jackets. Wait, what is it? Johnny Goudreau, what? Huh? What happened? What's up with the Jackets? Yeah, so I would say the, the summary to the season is um, big question marks at the start of the season. They thought they had potential answers to them. So, you know, good teams in the NHL know who their centermen are, know who their top four D are. Blue Jackets had question marks there, but they thought decent answers. Cole Sillinger had a really good rookie year. Jack Roslovic finished last year really well the last two months of the season with Boone Jenner out. So they're counting on those guys to now be ready for the next step. 
the top four D was sketchy. They thought Wierenski and Gavrikov could anchor the left side, but no real answers on the right side. How would this fall, fall into place? So first off, they get no positive answers to either of those questions, really. Um, Cylinders had a, had a really down year, 41 games without a goal now. Um, Roslovic is back to exactly what he's been most of his career, just incredibly inconsistent. And the top four never sorted itself out. But then two weeks into the season, they just get absolutely waylaid by injuries, which if you don't have the depth of a, of, of a really good bona fide playoff team, you can't take your your best defenseman, Wierenski, out. You can't take your leading scorer from last year, Voracek, out. You can't take Line A, Jenner, all these guys out. And they just, they were not a good team when healthy the first two weeks. And that left them no opportunity to sort of dig out of this huge hole. And so from U.S. Thanksgiving on, it's been maybe this is the year to to bomb it away and and do what they've never done here before finish dead last and hope for Connor Bedard. It's turned into a lottery season when they thought maybe they could be a borderline playoff team. And just to wrap up this way too long summary, they don't think they're that far away this year. They are of course, but they think when healthy with some of the young pieces they've got and some of the veterans that will be back next year, that they, that this is not going to be a four or five year rebuild that they can be competitive next year, but we'll see. Well, yeah, I guess there's the the first line of questioning here then is how do they view themselves with that next tier of teams in the Eastern Conference? Because it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel for so many of those teams that are just outside of the wild card picture right now. Whether it's the Red Wings who have decided to pivot at the end of this season, whether it's the Sabres who are all in on youth and seem to be moving back in the right direction, the Senators who have said, hey, We've had enough rebuild and we're finally going back in on things by going and getting Jacob Chikrin at the deadline. How do the Blue Jackets view themselves? You make a great point. They could finish dead last. They could end up with Connor Bedard. That would certainly be a kickstart to things. But when you go out and get a Johnny Gaudreau and you've got a line, um, shouldn't it feel like they are closer than they are necessarily? Or or are are they really that close? Well, I'm sort of hesitant to say that they are that close. Just because as much as the injuries have become a crutch here, I, I can't not see what I saw the first two, three weeks of the season when they were mostly healthy and nowhere near competitive. Now, I don't know what that was about. I'm not sure that they don't have a different coach next year, too. Brad Larson is in second year. I think they reevaluate that at the end of the season. It, Johnny Gaudreau did not come here thinking this was going to be a lottery team. Right. Um, Patrick Liney was traded here, not his choice. These are, but let's step step back a little bit. Gaudreau's been what you would expect, almost a point of game guy, despite, you know, look who he's playing with. Uh, pretty impressive individual season from him. Liney's not, Liney has a reputation as one of the game's great goal scorers. He has not been that now for three seasons, four seasons. Rather middle of the road. He's got 18 goals, maybe 19 goals for Columbus now. That's a that's you know that's a decent season for many. That's not a Patrick Line right. season. This is a guy that should be pushing 40. Um, he actually does okay with Boone Jenner at center, but 
again, that center play, you know, if you don't have centers, what do you have up front? That's one of the luxuries Pittsburgh has had, right? Crosby, Malkin. If nothing else is working, Crosby, Malkin. And it's finding guys who can play with him. But, boy, that's that's just a start that a lot of teams would love to have. Um, So I don't think they're that far away from – from being competitive, but there's, there's also some issues I see in, in the room where you just wonder who's bringing these young players along and who's raising them the right way. I mean, Crosby had Lemieux, I think was in his last year when Crosby mm-hmm. came out. He had Recky, Gonchar, all these guys. And you, you just wonder what sort of fostering is being done in Columbus. How is it that Sillinger has a year like this the smarchenko kid's been a real bright spot from coming in from russia from last year uh, and they've got a few kent johnson's had a really good solid rookie season there is light at the end of the tunnel if they stay healthy of course they're better but are they are they there yet i i just i'm not afraid and i'm not above saying i don't know um but i think i i don't think they're they're not a team that should be a lottery team again next year um but i didn't think they were this year either Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Well, who is it that's there, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, I think back to a few years ago when they when they met the Penguins in the playoffs. Yeah. And they had that spark plug. They had that Dubinsky-type character who sure. could get under... Uh, Crosby's skin under Malkin's skin and distract them. That, that was the formula for a few years against the Penguins. The, sure. the 2012 Flyers laid that blueprint. It worked for a while. Um, I don't think that works anymore. Uh, but here nor there, the Jackets are still going to need that guy for everyone to sort of congeal around when their time does come. I understand Boone Jenner is it, it, one of those guys. He can be one of those guys, you know, but he's the one with the C on his on the front of his jersey anyway. Yeah. But do they, do they have enough of that, I guess, is the question. Well, they don't. And, you know, it was Dubinsky, but it wasn't just Dubinsky. Dubinsky was singular in his – he was one of the few guys in the league who thought he liked to play against Crosby, Yeah. right? Um, there aren't too many guys that would sign up for that. I'm not sure he had all that much success with it all the time, but he was always willing to do it. God bless him. Um, but the, on that team also, you're talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Big centerman. You're talking Nick Felino, character veteran player. Uh, David Savard was a rough and tumble defenseman. Seth Jones was a heck of a player. They Cam Atkinson is not that kind of guy you're talking about, but a bona fide veteran player and a scorer. They've lost a lot here. They've taken a lot of that. Josh Anderson was that kind of player, a big guy. They don't beat Tampa in that first round series in 2019 without Josh Anderson. They had guys like that. They've they turned last year, especially. They've gotten a little bit better this year with Good Branson and Olivier, but they still need more competitive spirit about them. The fighting stuff is, you know, it is what it is. That most of that's mm-hmm. gone. Good Branson can do it. It's not really the fighting you're worried about. It's the competitive play. It's the guys that when the, the play is cranked up and Pittsburgh's making the push, which they always do who is in the fight and they don't have nearly enough of that jam right now. They didn't really then either. Uh, but the games were, those were some great games, uh, regular season games too. They had a spirit about them 
And right. that, that's kind of been lost a little bit because they've gotten so very young, so small. Um, and they try to do things and they, they're trying to play a way that they just didn't play three, four years ago under Tortorella. Well, they haven't played uh, in the last three months, but they'll play twice here in the final month plus of the season, including the final regular season game of the year for the Pens is in Columbus. So I'll, I'll wrap it up with this before I let you run, Aaron. Sure. It felt like we were really accelerating. We were stepping on the gas towards a, the birth of a rivalry between these two organizations five, six yeah. years ago. Um, does it feel like we've abruptly turned the wheel towards the exit ramp and this this rivalry has, uh, I, I guess, ended before it started? Or are we just on pause here for the time being? Well, I, th I think it just makes sense that geographically, um, at some point, it's going to be that. But it's up to the Blue Jackets, isn't it? I mean, yeah. until they take something away from Pittsburgh, it's not going to feel like a rivalry. And I, I think one of the one of the sad, I don't know, not sad, one of the more disappointing aspects of this franchise, twenty three years in now, is as great as this. And, and if if you're a Pittsburgh fan who's been over here, you, I would think, if you can take off the black and the gold blinders for a second, you you say it's a pretty good hockey market. Um, they've, they've been here. The fans have been here despite winning one playoff series in 23 years. How many franchises would still have this sort of fan support outside of most Canadian markets? I don't think there are many. The other aspect of this is nobody truly hates them. Tampa did for a little bit. They took that away from them. And now Tampa's sort of, I, Tampa doesn't worry about Blue Jackets games. They've won two Stanley Cups and been in three straight. That's not their concern anymore. Right. Um, there's no rivalry here. And so, in a way, Pete, the, the, the fans here have been incredible, and yet they haven't even been given a taste of what this all can be because it hasn't been fully realized. And, again, that is on them. That is on this franchise. That's nobody else's fault. You just got to get real, and they got to join the league, if you will. Um, and they're probably – I think Pittsburgh, I think most would agree Pittsburgh's in a very interesting spot right now where they're they're hanging on to the legacy, the winning legacy that Crosby, Malkin, Latang, others have helped craft. Um, I think you sense that maybe it, they could be heading in the next few years into some tough years where it's not clear if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Mm -hmm. You think Columbus is rising up. Maybe they meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe some of these games start to matter again. Um, but that that's one of the things that's been really disappointing is those games were so fun. The Washington games were fun for a while. They used to have a little bit of a rivalry with Nashville when they first came into the league. They were both never had done anything, but they both right. agreed they hated each other. Um, and now it's just sort of, are they going to get there? Are they going to be there? I think they will. It's a matter of time. They've got to do, do things the right way here. Um, but right now it, it, they're just still finding their way in so many different ways. Well, I know they're playing here in Pittsburgh on Tuesday night, but like I said, the regular season finale will be out there. That damn cannon will go off at some point. Well, I'll do that thing where we jump, even though we know it's coming. Um, and uh, your, the level of your work will not fall off either, Aaron. Uh, always great to catch up with you. We appreciate your, your work and your coverage as always. And again, we'll look forward to hearing that damn cannon again. Well, thanks, soon. man. You may just hear it once if they pitch a shutout. You may just hear it <laughs> once. Uh, thank you. Thanks as always for the time, Aaron. Yeah, well, thanks for having me.
That's a good point. Uh, the Jackets have struggled a lot this year, so who knows? Maybe you only hear that thing once, and uh, the, the Penguins will be able to handle business. That's not until the end of the regular season, though. This one on Tuesday night, an opportunity for the Pens to reset after an ugly loss in Florida. Um, again, the four wins leading into that. Hopefully, that's where you carry the momentum from going into uh, this homestand, the final of the five-game homestand, the first of the three against the Rangers in a seven-day span. So it's all coming real fast at the Penguins right now. The game's in hand. The game's against Metro opponents. The game's against the Rangers. It's all happening real quick. The deadline is in the rearview mirror. You better slam on the gas and get to the finish line and get there in a good way and in short order if you're the Pens. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a rating. Leave a review while you're at it as well, wherever you get your podcast for Fifth Avenue Faceoff. We'll do it again on Wednesday when we'll be looking back on the game against the Blue Jackets and ahead to one against the Islanders on Thursday. And then after that, it's a big weekend of Metro Division action. Those games against the Rangers sitting off on the horizon as well. Get inside your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Make sure you're prepared for all of it by following, subscribing to Fifth Avenue Faceoff, and we'll do it again in just a couple of days. Chris Mack and 93.7 The Fan, thanking you again for joining Fifth Avenue Faceoff.